With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is! Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up-and-down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, get everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. It is magnificent to have your company as we talk golf right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you each and every week. Marco, how are you going? G'day, Jules. How'd that new putter go? Oh, that I gave you? We'll the get to Jossie that. number. We will get to that. I know. I know it's the first crack. ever putter you've probably had that's the right length probably. for you. Yes. That has a decent swing weight. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit I'm later in the program. But I guess we've got to talk about Jim's 58. Wow. I don't like Jim very much. No. Well, you've come he's in. the slowest you've player in the in whole got, world, mate. You sort of I've had bit, enough. Yeah. Had enough of him, but he's now the first man in the history of the planet yep. to have uh, two rounds in the 50s on that US tour. Um, I'm going to talk it down a bit. Past 70. Does it count, Marco? Yeah, it because does it's count. A, it's a past 70. So you past 70. 12 under. Yeah, and there has been a lot of 60s shot on past 72. That's right. A stack of them. Mm. Stacks of them. Ernie Els, famously at Royal Melbourne. Paul Gow. Shot a 60, must have been an Australian PGA up in Sydney. Yep. So plenty of 60s have been shot on mm-hmm. par 72s. This is a 58 shot on a par 70. So it's kind of just equivalent to a 60 anywhere else. Yep. But the fact that he had a putt for 57 on the yeah. last and hit a very good putt, yep. it must be said, that boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time Jim Fury shot the 59, I think he's the last player to shoot 59. Uh, there's been six. I'll, ra- I'll, I'll reel them off in a tick. Yep. But he said, you know what? Someone's going to shoot 58 out here one day. I just hope I'm around to see it. <laughs> he ended up being, <laughs> he, he had a pretty good view. <laughs> yep. So they're like, we, he shot 58. What are going 58. in 27? Oh, yeah, seven birdies in a row too. Yep. I think he's eight hold- under par in the front nine. Eight, eight under par in the front nine, 11 under after 12. So at that stage, yep. at 11 under, he's mm. just got a par in for 59. <laughs> uh, he hit 18 greens. But here's the impressive thing. Yeah. He drove the ball into two divots. Yeah. During the tournament, uh, during the during the round, one of them he had to hit a four iron out of a divot and hit it to three or four feet and hold the putt for birdie. So it was it was an extraordinary round. You know, yep. it, it, everything didn't go his way. Ninety two point nine percent driving accuracy, hundred percent greens in regulation, twenty four putts. Twenty four putts. Yeah. You're not going to shoot fifty eight any other way. Yeah. Uh, tw- twenty four putts might even be a record. Anyway, look. I wonder how low someone's actually going to go one day. Yeah. I remember back in the old days when Greg Norman was the superstar of the world, he was talking about birdieing every single hole. That was his goal. Yep. So, you know, of course, um, every time he birdied the first couple of holes, his caddy used to tell him, well, you can't birdie them all if you don't birdie the first two, Greg. <laughs> or if, you know, those rare occasions up. he might have birdied the first three. Well, yeah. you, can't, you can't birdie them all unless you mm-hmm. birdie the first three, Greg. Mm-hmm. So Greg always had that in the back of his mind, and that was back in in the days of the Persimmon Clubs and, you know, different golf ball and golf courses that were manageable. Yep. Uh, what he has done is spectacular. And 
you know, I think the more often it happens, the the floodgates will open at some stage because these guys are unbelievable. Yeah. If, if if you actually saw some of the stuff they do on Tuesday, <laughs> that's the impressive, you know. Uh, when they come out and there's no pressure, and, and by the way, you know, Jim's not going to win the tournament. Comes out Sunday morning, yeah. not a lot of pressure. It is literally, but he should. it's literally just a bit of fun for him on the Sunday. The guys with that much money, and they're all set for next year. And so, look, there, will, there wouldn't be too much pressure for him whizzing around. That's that's yeah. why you quite often see these really crazy low scores on the Sunday because, you know, they might mm. have had a they might have relaxed the, the night before and had a couple of beers at night time. And yeah, um, you know, they they're just keen to get home. They just get out and do their thing, and away they go. The low numbers keep on going, keep on coming their way. Birdies one after another, eagle mm-hmm. here and there, and before they know it, it's 58 watch or 59 yep. watch. It's a anyway, free hit. It is a free hit. I like it. Uh, do you know them? All the 59s? We no, better well, all you, the scores in the 50s? I'm about to because you're going to tell us. Righto. Yeah. Al Guyberger. Mm-hmm. Don't know what year, 70s. Um, there's always an asterisk next to this one Why for me. And, and, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm willing to take the asterisk off at some stage. We talk <laughs> about playing the ball up from time to oh, time. Nice. Yes. I've been told by a couple of people that he actually was, uh, well, that tournament, that round, the second round when he did it, they were playing the ball up. Mm-hmm. So there's little asterisks yep. next to Al Guyberger's name, although that's, he was the first. Let's put an asterisk next to my last 10 rounds. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was the first, so he gets extra points for being the yes, first. that's right. Um, and I haven't had it confirmed yet, but yeah. enough people have told me that it was. Yep. Uh, I think number two might have been Chip Beck, and Chip did it on the past 72 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, Chip Beck uh, didn't go for a green on the 15th when his ball was in a divot at Augusta, and he was called a choker for quite some time. Mm. Uh, played for second, they said. But his ball was in a divot. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I reckon he had probably had more chance. He was a great wedge player. <laughs> he probably had more chance of holding the sand iron than he did of hitting <laughs> a forward yeah. out of a divot and getting it to stop on the green. So I reckon he was crucified there. Okay, so we've nailed two. I think Paul Gordos is another one. This is not no longer in order. Paul Gordos uh, shot one. Stuart Appleby shot one. Yep. Um, how many is that? That's four. I've got two to go. Jim Furyk, obviously yep. he's done it twice now. And David Duval. That's now right. David Duval was the best. Yep. The best fifty nine because at the stage he was chubby David. <laughs> and when he was, you know, back in those days when he was chubby David. He kept on coming second. Now, this wasn't his first win on tour, but it was probably his most defining win and and sent him to stardom because he came to that last hole needing an eagle to win the tournament and shoot 59. It's a fair double. Mm. Uh, and hit a, I think it was like a four iron to about uh, 20 feet past yep. the hole and canned the putt for eagle and 59 nice. and tournament win. So oh, that's impressive. Pretty impressive yeah, 59. That is so, the best. And he wasn't playing the ball up. So um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, David Duval yep. has the greatest ever score in the 50s on that PGA Tour. What's your low round, Marco? Uh, in a tournament, eight under and just stuffing around. I sh- shot a couple of nine unders just stuffing around. Yeah. Just stuffing around at, uh, at Huntingdale and, and mm-hmm. one nine under in America as well. Yep. So you can get it going. Yep. You can get it going, and I think most players do get it going from time to mm-hmm. time. But the difference is, the best players do it a lot. Yeah, you know, it's like in footy, it's like in cricket. You know, everyone has the capability of scoring a century in cricket. Yeah, uh, full forwards from time to time kick a bag. That's it. But the best ones do it consistently, and unfortunately, my low scores nowhere near <laughs> consistent enough. Why don't you like Jim, Marco? Why don't so, you like him? Uh, because he takes too long to play golf, yeah. and it's a really bad example. 
for everyone who plays the game. And I, I think it's, you know, we talk about um, football's responsibility to the game and you see that, you know, what happens in American media, their responsibility, you know, they, they talk to the people. When you have golfers with the identity, like a Jim Furyk, who's a Ryder Cup player, looked up to, wins tournaments, US Open winner. When he takes a million years to hit a golf shot, yep. and routinely, five and a half, like when he was out here for the President's Cup, they're playing in twos. <laughs> and Jim was taken over five hours wow. to play in the President's Cup, purely because of the pre-shot routine. You remember his old putting routine? He'd, he'd look, he'd do, 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 do two laps of the putt. The ball would be down. He'd do two <laughs> laps of the putt. He'd get over the ball. Yep. And you'd think, oh, here we go. He's going to putt. And then he'd step away and then line up the ball. And then go through. Oh, it was it was mind-bogglingly mm. slow. And what is even worse is that the tour officials didn't go bang and come say, on, Jim. come on, Jim, and start penalizing this guy. But it infiltrated into the tour. And because he was playing well doing it, guess what happens? Everyone copies Everyone him. Everyone copies him. Mm. They think it's the answer. Here's a guy who doesn't look like the game is easy. You know, you watch him swing a golf club. <laughs> how he hits the ball straight, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I've read, I've read bits it's and Charles pieces. Charles Barkley sort of something. <laughs> <laughs> I've read bits and pieces where he tries to feel like his chest is pointing at the target um, at impact. Yep. So hard mm. to do, hard to imagine. But I imagine that's why that that's how he can keep his hands in front of the ball at impact. That's the only way because it's so flippy. But anyway, you look at his golf swing; it doesn't look right. A lot of people out there, a lot of pros out there, they uh, have insecurities about their golf swing. And when they see a player like Jim, who you would only imagine has insecurities <laughs> about his golf swing, when you see the pre-shot routine, not only with putts but all of his shots, then. You know, some of these guys who are struggling down below, they'll start doing it too. Yep. They'll, they'll just think it's the way to go. And for a long, long time, he's done it. And for a long, long time, I've not liked him for it. Don't like it. No, I don't like it. Hurry uh, it up, Jim. Hurry it up. Absolutely. And, and by the way, tour officials, it, it's now yeah, time. Well, step up. It is now time yep. to have a look at what's going on on the tours right around the world and fix this problem because it's ugly. Yeah. It is really ugly to watch it. Yeah. You, know, you, you go and follow... Every once in a while, I'll put a fast group together. There's nothing better. <laughs> There's nothing better in golf you fast know, group. than seeing a fast group play well. Yep. Yeah, you know, they walk quickly. They uh, just take one practice swing before they play. Yeah. You know, they, 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 when they putt, they don't look at every angle. Yep. This hit. And I think I think it should be part of the game now. I think there should be more pressure on that first group to finish well and truly under four hours. Yes. And then more pressure on that group following to be right on the tail of that should first we- group. Will we and should we start seeing penalties, Marco, for slow play in terms of shots lost? Yeah, oh, they've been like saying that. it for a long time, yep. but it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, the only time I can remember it happening is when they were brave enough to give someone a two-shot penalty. They did it to a 14-year-old kid at Augusta, Guan Tang Ling. Yeah. So brave. So heroes. tough. Heroes. Oh, heroes yeah. they were. Heroes. The only, the only person I've ever seen cop it, 14-year-old Chinese kid at Augusta. <laughs> So brave, so gutsy. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind some so of, pathetic. Some of the locals you play around sometimes. No. Just go, <laughs> go, two go, or three stroke go, penalty. Go do it to Jim Fury. Yeah. I say, Jim, we've been watching you at the front nine. It's pathetic. Yep. You've taken two and a half hours, your group, and we think the main reason's you. Yep. We're watching. If you play slowly, we will ping you a shot every time you play slowly coming home. Yep. He'd finish that nine an hour and a half. Mm. I guarantee Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I guarantee Especially it. if you're only hitting the ball 58 times. And then it becomes habit. And once you get out there, you know, it's like anything. You know, 
I was watching the Boomers during the week, uh, and uh, I think it was Chris Anstey made the comment that uh, isn't you could really see the difference between the guys who play at the highest level because yeah. they play so fast. You know, they're, they're they're up to the speed of the game yep. versus the guys who haven't played in that mm-hmm. league. So it's really obvious to his eye. Yeah. Well, if you came into if you were a young player and you came into a tour yep. such as the PGA Tour or the European Tour, and everyone was playing fast. Yeah. Imagine the pressure, well, like you're on the green, you go, oh, hang on, it's my shot. Yeah, you've got to go. 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 You would get used to it. Yep. You'd get used to it. And, you know, it's just it's just setting the standards. Setting standards. And rules officials right around the world have the opportunity to set standards. You know, one of the reasons I joined Kingston Heath? Why? I'd never played around there when I was a guest in over four hours. Really? I played on Wednesday morning. She had nine down, by the way. It's a pretty Ooh. windy day. Had nine down. So I've played badly. Yep. Our group finished in three hours and 35 minutes. There was four of us. It was a par comp. Three hours and 35 minutes. Three hours, 35 minutes. We were second off. Wow. It was fantastic. What's that? It's a dream. So we hit, we hit off at just after 7.30. Yep. We're finishing just after 11 o'clock. Perfect. You can, go, you can get to work. You can do, do stuff. You can do day. stuff. Yeah. You can do stuff. The missus is happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> Everyone's happy. So if golf was... An under four hour game yep. and closer to three and a half than four, then it makes such mm. a difference to people playing this game. Well, for everyone out there, you're thinking about it, you sort of allocate yourself sort of five hours for the yeah. for the whole trip. Yeah. If you spend three and a half on the course, yeah. extra time at the bar afterwards. That is exactly right. Good thinking, Jules. Yes. And look, the blokes I'm playing with, by the way, mm. um, my cousin's off handicap of nine. Yep. Um, I played with uh, former goal-kicking superstar Simon Beasley. Oh, yes. Beezer oh, play, plays off 26. Yep. And I played with a fellow called Mark Sear as well. The thief Beezer off 26. It is. Come it's on, ridiculous. I, I actually wrote a letter to the handicapper. <laughs> and uh, his mate, Mark Sear, he played off 28 and had, uh, I think Beezer actually had two up, Mark Sear had square, and they took the money. Yep. But, you know, I'm not playing with guys who are you know, pros. Yeah. It's just your average. These are members, but they want to play fast. We want to play fast. And here's the most important thing etiquette thrown out the window. Yeah. Just hit. Just ready golf. The two best words in golf, Marco. Ready golf. Go. So, you know, sometimes, you know, they'd be looking for a ball or something. Just hit. And I'd get to my ball. I'd look back, and, you know, they're they're 50 meters behind me, Mm. not near their ball, but I'm just going to hit. Yep. Everyone's got to do this. That's exactly right. Everybody has to start and doing putt it. Putt out, putt out. I tell you, can I, can I throw up a couple of rules? I know we started talking about fifty eights. Can I throw <laughs> up a couple things that clubs, golf clubs, could do yes. to speed up play? Yes. Make a local rule at your golf club that you can you, you can actually putt with the pin in. Yes. Yes. Right. How how often do you get there and oh. everyone's. You know, they're fiddling around, two people in a bunker, you're someone's, kind of on the someone's green. Someone's chipped it close, but they've, their bag's miles away, they're, so they go get their bag. That's they right. put it to the other side of the tee. You're waiting for them because they're closest, so they're the yeah. one who's meant to get the flag out. But I'm going to putt. Uh. I'm not going to go near their ball. Yep. What do I have to do if I want to putt? I've got to walk up, take the flag yeah, out. Go mark their ball. <laughs> walk all the way back, hit my putt. I mean, come on. Yeah. Just let me putt. I mean, it should be a rule in the comp. Mm-hmm. Just make a local rule, folks. At our golf course, in a competition round yes. you can putt with no fear of a two-shot penalty if your ball suddenly somehow goes in you can putt with the flag in the hole yep go I, mate I, I completely agree it would not make completely one agree. bit of difference yep. to any score out there not a bit mm-hmm. yeah we stuff around with those sort of rules yep anyway there, there's right, one rule there's one got another there's one, one rule <laughs> I've got stacks, yeah. man. <laughs> it's a long show. I've got stacks. <laughs> to go through. You can't play with etiquette. Yeah. You, you can you can play with courtesy. That's that's probably the better way to do it these yeah. days. Old golf etiquette out. 
but play with just courtesy yep. to where you don't hit over someone's head. Mm. Um, if you know, if someone <laughs> stand in their line, yeah, 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 you don't just push in and play shots. I mean, yeah. if they're ready, let them play. Yeah, you play with courtesy, but you you play. Yeah, I like it. You know what's creeping in too, Marco? What's that? I blame Jason Day. Why? Blokes on the tee with their driver standing there lining it up from behind and just sort of aiming on that, you know, oh, no. oh, two arms pointing, out in front pointing the driver pointing down the, the fairway and they're looking at it and they stand there for 10 seconds and then they have their two practice swings they'll go back behind the ball yeah. and point down. Right. it's the Jason well, Day move well, we and can, I'm, I'm blaming him we shouldn't be biased here <laughs> because a lot of people think that Jason's a slow player and if Jason is playing too slow then he should get pinged as well that's it I'm with you ping him all but if you're doing the Jason Day thing don't do that no. don't just don't do it. I'm a big fan of spotlighting. I'll tell you, here's another way of saying it. Don't have your practice swings right next to the ball and then go back and do the spotlighting thing. <laughs> have your practice swings three or four yep. steps behind the ball and then just walk in and hit the ball. That's it. There's a hundred things you can do. Got to get to a break, Marco. Let's talk about Nike. Yes. What's going on there? I'll tell you what. Let's talk about a few golf brands that have gone missing. Yes. Some, some really iconic ones. Yep. McGregor, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Well, the Wilson's making a bit of a comeback. Uh, obviously Nike now Bridgestone Bridgestone? Bridgestone Yeah they're still around They're going okay yep. Yeah but Nike Golf well, Mate uses Bridgestone ball He loves it Good night Nike Golf Talk he about is, that Yeah, he, Does he? Yeah There's always this talk That Bridgestone golf balls were, Used to be Nike golf balls right. Stamped differently yeah. There's a lot of talk about <laughs> okay. that I think it might have been right there For a little while I'm not sure in the end Let's talk some equipment next This is the Clubhouse Julian Bayard and Mark Allen With you right across Australia In your have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back. It is The Clubhouse across Australia. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you. Great to have your company as we talk all things golf right across Australia. Marco, uh, spoke before the break about mm. some equipment. Nike. Uh, I must say, before we get into that, thank you very much for the beautiful new putter you hand-delivered me last week. Oh, good. Yes. I'm glad you liked Sensational. it. Sensational. No Did three putts from my round for wow. the first time in a long time, yeah, that's a good which I think was all mental from <laughs> the it, new putter. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. No, it's amazing when you get a new club. It's yeah. a bit like, it's like when you... Um, you're going to go and get into a new fitness regime. Yeah. First thing you should do is go buy yourself a new pair of runners. Yeah. It makes you run. 100%. So a bit like if you want to start playing golf again, you know, just treat yourself and go get just yourself a new nice. putter. Get, yep. get yourself that new driver. Get yourself that new three-wood. Very nicely weighted, Marco. Oh, yeah. Now, well, that's the important it. thing. See, most people, when you, I mean, they're, they're getting better these days to where you can go in most pro shops and there'll be a 35-inch and a 34-inch putter. Yeah. You know, different versions. Um most of the time, people just play with a 35-inch putter. Mm-hmm. And, and to tell you the truth, most of the time, that's the wrong length for people. Um, 35 inches is handy because you can just cut it off at the top and it makes it easy. But, you know, I'm a you know, 34, sometimes 33-and-a-half-inch putter person. And I'm six foot tall. Yep. So everyone's a little bit different. But when you do cut off uh, a little bit from the top of the grip, um, that affects the balance in a big, big way. One inch ends up being, there's a thing called swing weights. Yep. Um, and it goes A, B, C, D, E. But you want to be somewhere in the Ds, so 10 in between. So I've always had a putter that's been around D5, D6. If I took an inch off a, a putter that was swung, swung weight at D5, it, it goes into the Cs. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference uh, when you actually get a putter that, one, is the right length, but two, also swing weights where you want the club to swing weight. Most people, when you get a putter these days, D5, it should be your goal. 
I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the first time in your life, probably, you've got a 34-inch putter that yeah. swing weights. I think that one swing weights at D6 because I put that grip on. The grip that's on that putter, what do you call it? The sure shot or something? Uh, sure super something. Super stroke? Yeah. The super, super stroke. stroke yeah, yep. the super stroke that was on that putter um, weighed a little bit lighter than your average putter grip. So that went from D5 to D6 or 7. Yes. So you actually have an unusually heavy putter That's right. at 34 inches long. Mm. And it probably feels very, very nice when you put it down. I know when, it, when you look at it, it looks fantastic. Mate, it's unbelievable. It's got the copper insert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Curry LaJossi, he does a great job. Yep. So Google LaJossi putters and yes. you can see what we're talking about. You can order your own. Yep. He does a great job down here in Melbourne and I'm sure he'll be able to FedEx it up your way. That's it. One way or another. But I'm glad you're happy. I'm very happy. As yeah. long as I don't putt three putts. How I'm, many points did you have with I no had, three putts? I had 34 points. That's not bad. But I wiped I wiped two of the first three holes. Oh, God. And then I wiped the 10th as well. So. The comeback kid. Yeah, I was I was a bit flat early yeah. and then Oh, that's <laughs> good. good. What's the handicap now? 7.0. Yeah, you're going well. Yeah. Oh, no. So New putter. That's it. You'll start... We'll get in. You'll start bombing them from everyone on the hey, greens now. We haven't done this for a while, Marco. We want to go inside the pro shop. Let's do it. On the clubhouse, the pro shop. Yeah, just a little stinger. Get us going because we're going to talk some equipment. And uh, Marco, well, when we're talking about equipment, yes, some big brands, some big brands in golf. Massive brands in golf. They're a huge brands. When I was there. a kid, uh, if you had a McGregor driver, persimmon driver, you were a god. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to work, I used to be a member at Huntingdale Golf Club, and uh, it's where the Australian Masters played for thirty years. Yep. So I used to be a little kid when Greg Norn and David Graham used to bring their clubs in just to get a little bit of work done. Normally, it's just putting your grip on yeah. or get you know loft and lie stunned there or whatever. But uh, every once in a while, David Graham and Greg would leave their clubs in the pro shop overnight. Yeah, and because yes, I was please. a kid and yes, I was there please. every day. <laughs> Yeah, here I am as a 14-year-old kid yeah. holding Greg Norman's driver. Mm. You know, the old pro, um, Lynn Jacklin, used to, you know, let you do that sort of stuff. Yeah. And these McGregor drivers that they used to make, the the workmanship involved, <laughs> and even just, you know, they used to have these things called an inlay. You wouldn't even know what an inlay no. is. Well, they used to have this, like, a really hard plastic cut perfectly into the face of the driver. And it wasn't just a block colour. You know, it had all these patterns in it, and then there were screws, and that's where, of course, you hit one out of the screws. Yep. That's where it came from, because you used to screw that's in right. the inlay of yes. the old drivers. But these old McGregor drivers, they were so much better. Like, when I was a kid, my driver was this PGA, uh, PGF, sorry, PGF Ziggy driver I used to have. It was just this, you know, blonde thing. It was just a blob, basically, <laughs> and it had no, had no real shape. You know, it was mass made probably up in Queensland somewhere yeah. and they just churned them out. But when you got to see something that was done properly and the size of the head and they had this thing called the horseshoe grain where the grain that looked like a horseshoe on top. I remember. I remember. All this sort of yes. stuff and the McGregors were like it. And then, of course, you know, David Graham and Greg Norman, they used to have X300s in their drivers, X300 dynamic goal, which is a super stiff shaft. So Greg used to have X300 in the driver, x 200 in his three wood, then X100 and everything else. And, you know, there's all this symmetry to the yep. golf clubs, the way they were made, and it was such a thrill. But McGregor, such a big name. You know, I think David used to actually have a full set of McGregors. Greg Norman, back in those days, he had the uh, Spaldings, but he had the McGregor Woods. Yes. 
My God, those clubs! <laughs> if you, you know, I mean, nobody had a McGregor driver. Yeah, used to used to watch it on the Masters, and Jack Nicholas would be winning the Masters with the <laughs> McGregor bag, and or yeah, you know, wherever he was playing, he had the McGregor bag, and you'd see it. But McGregor, basically gone. Yep. Then Wilson came along. Wilson was, you know, that they've been in golf for a long time, but all of a sudden, some of the European players started coming down and playing in the Masters. And I got the I used to caddy for a bloke called David Ferrity. Got his own show these days over there, you know, world-famous commentator. When he came to Australia, I was lucky enough to caddy for him. And he used to have these Wilson clubs. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen square grooves in sand irons. And he looked at me when the first time I caddied for him. He said, have a look at those grooves in in my my lob wedge. And I looked at them and I ran my thumb across them. It was just, they were different kinds of grooves. They were probably too big. They were clearly (laughs) too sharp. And when he hit that lob wedge, and the ball just stopped dead. Yeah. <laughs> didn't matter where he was playing, didn't matter what he was playing from. But you know, I don't think that the regulations. I don't think you know, there certainly wasn't anybody on the tees yeah. checking checking grooves where the grooves were <laughs> regulation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Wilson, they used to have these beautiful sand irons, and their you know some of their blade irons were pretty good as well. But you know, Wilson kind of. Even though it's around, it, it's kind of disappeared. McGregor has disappeared, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, some of the and now and now. What have we seen this week? Nike, Nike Golf, who yeah. of course threw so much money at Rory McIlroy. Yeah, that's right. They've always had Tiger Woods in their stable, yep. of course. Um, and you remember the well documented struggles of Rory McIlroy when yeah. he when he swapped across. That's right. He signed uh, for twenty million bucks a year for yeah. ten years, or some people say twenty five million dollars a year for for ten years. Yep, it's a lot of money. Huge amount of money to change over, and for so many weeks and months, six even, months, he was struggling, hopeless, big time struggling hopeless. with the new club. Yeah, he did. He, he did differently for Tiger. So Tiger, Tiger just went pretty much. He was Nike. He was dressed by Nike head to toe straight yes. away. Yes, Tiger, um, and then. Every so often, it'd be a new golf club from Nike in the bag. Yeah. And I remember the first thing he did was change his iron. So yeah. I, they had these beautiful blades. And some people say they're the most beautiful blades ever made because mm-hmm. all it had was a number and the Nike swoosh. Yep. And I think on the hosel of the club, <laughs> it just said, uh, uh, what do you call it? Something blade. Uh, forged blade. That's all they were called. Forged blade. They were the most beautiful looking, simple, mm. minimalist type look you've ever seen. And I think uh, the way I remember it anyway is that they were the first Nike clubs in Tiger's bag. Yep. Um, and then the driver came. So we had a driver and the irons. And then uh, I believe the wedges came. So he had the, you know, all of a sudden he had these Nike wedges because he was using the yeah. Bokey wedges for a long time. Yep. And then I reckon he changed for the first time from his Scotty Cameron putter yep. that he hung on for a long time. He did. He hung on to that for a long time. Uh, that changed, and the one that he got rid of the last was his three wood. Yeah, he had this three wood, and Tiger had this Titleist three wood with fifteen degrees. It was the old silver version, and it never had the bore through. Now, for people who don't know what a bore through is, in some of the old dri- uh, drivers, metal woods, and 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 certainly irons, and even three woods, they drilled the hole right through the sole from the. You know, they drill the hole right through the shaft hosel, and it used to come out. Mm-hmm. And they used to, the shaft used to go all the way, and for some reason they used to think it was a better feel. I think that was rubbish. Yep. But Tiger had one of these old three woods drilled all the way through. They had the aerodite in the bottom of it. You know, his X100 shaft all done properly. He just wouldn't get rid of that. <laughs> he loved it. Titleist. But it, eventually he did. Wonder Club. Eventually he did, and then he ended up putting, uh, I think that was a 15 degree three wood. Then he put the 17 degree, his version of a five mm-hmm. wood in the bag. Um, 
and I think he'd been using the Titleist, uh, the Titleist golf ball for a while, but the, he probably got, that probably got changed over pretty quick as well. They used to look after him with the golf balls. Well, there's the famous pretty shot, early, famous uh, chip that he hit at Augusta. Yeah, that had the Nike 15, tick. 15? Yeah, 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 he the was Nike full. tick going in the. He was full Nike then. Yep. At, at that but stage, now they've decided that they're going to stick with the apparel only. Yeah. Get rid of all the equipment. See you later. Balls gone. Yeah. It was making profit, their, their golf yeah. division, but it was the smallest profit of any of their divisions. So yep. they decided to, to nick it off. But they had some strange clubs, Nike. Yeah. Like the, that square, square driver thing. <laughs> what the hell was that square driver? Yep. That was ugly. I think Callaway had a square driver going there for a while. That was yeah. going to change the world. My housemate's got a square driver. He's horrific. <laughs> and how, what about the sound they make? Oh, the worst like sounding club. <laughs> the worst sounding club yeah. in the history Shocking. of Golf. And it feels horrible when you hit yeah. it. Well, Absolutely horrible. Sometimes I, you know, I'll, I'll go into a, a golf store or a pro shop and I'll yeah. see a few Nike putters. I reckon some of their Nike putters were pretty swish. Yep. Yeah, I, I used to like those. There's a great story. So what's going to happen to Rory? Sorry, you go. Uh, well, Rory, my, my my bet, well, he keeps his $20 bucks a year. Yeah. So that's not going to change. Well, he's, he's signed the contract. He'll just start wearing more apparel. Yeah, he signed <laughs> the contract and Nike have breached that contract. That's right. But Nike wouldn't care. As long <laughs> as he's in a Nike hat. Yep. And head to toe. Got the colourful gear on, new shoes if, every day. I wonder if he's going to wear Nike gloves still. I wonder if they keep on making Nike gloves. Yeah. Don't know. Um, but he could probably go and sign another deal. I mean, yep. if TaylorMade came along or mm. Callaway or Titleist and they're going to pay him $5 million a year, yeah, he's gonna, probably, you've got to swap clubs again. Pretty much it. make it easy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it'd be a big deal for him to go back. No. I don't think it'd be. I think the way Tiger did it, you know, that was pretty sensible. Just, you know, the yeah. irons go in. The driver goes in, mm-hmm. the wedges go in, the putter goes in, and eventually the three and the five would went in. Yep. Where Rory just did it one big jump. But I, I don't think you know he, he's living with the expectation now. It's no big deal. I'd yeah. be really surprised if he uh, if he uh, took on another brand and had trouble. Yep. But you never know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes golf companies align themselves with the brand. So you've, we've seen Taylor Made and Adidas golf for That's so right. long. Yes. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. there'll be a link. Yeah, Titleist and Under Armour. I think uh, I've, okay. I've heard talk that Titleist yeah. is going to align themselves to Under Armour. Yep. Um, so th- there's always been that linkage with with some of the brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if um, I wonder if Nike is going to link themselves with you know a TaylorMade, which you, know, you hear the rumours that it's up for sale and all the rest of it. So we'll see what happens. I like it. We'll see what happens. Very nice. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Got some news on. Uh, Fox Sports Golf Shows, Marco. Did some research because... What's going on? Well, I used to love the golf show with uh, Brett Ogle. Gone. Not on anymore. Paul Gale's got a little half-hour special. So I had a bit of a look, got some news, found out what's happening. Right Tell on. you next Beautiful. on the Clubhouse Let's right across that. Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Now across Australia, Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you talking all things golf. Marco. Yes. You know I love my golf programs on TV. I know. I think everyone looks forward to Tuesday night. Yes. If you've got Foxtel, if you're lucky enough. If you've got Foxtel, you're amazingly well-serviced with golf. That's a great job. Everything's on. European Tour, PGA Tour. Yep. Everything's on. The girls, the seniors. That's it. Fantastic. It's great. But even, even the Aussie tournament, see, so. What was it, about three months ago, two months ago? Yeah, they started playing best of. Best of the golf show. What's going on? Come on, guys. When you're hosting a golf show like we do, Marco, you tune in on a Tuesday night you and have you have to. your notebook out and you yeah. start taking notes. Correct, I'm on that. <laughs> and then when they start playing best ofs, so it hurts what, you. Now, people have been, I've been asked a number of times on Twitter. Yes. Uh, and I, I just don't have the answers, but you've got a couple of sheets here. So, well, what a is the story? Fox Sports has revealed new programming for golf fans with three new dedicated shows on the way. Right. 
on par with Paul Gow, yes. which is already premiered, yes. which we've seen. Half hour program. Then a new show, PGA Tour with Brett Ogle every Monday. Ooh. A third show will premiere in October. So what the uh, the show with Paul Gow, 30-minute show for uh, showing some of Sydney's best courses with a range of celebrities, uh, yeah. Gordon Tallis, George Gregan, uh, Scott McLaughlin, yeah. Jimmy Barnes is going to be on there as well. Jimmy Boy. So you're just basically playing around. Playing a bit of golf minutes, with the boys. Which is fun. Righto. Very good. Not bad. Then I see Brett Ogle returns to host PGA Tour with Brett Ogle on Monday nights after every US PGA Tour event. Fantastic. Where he will look back on the final day of play and recap Aussie players' success in competitions around the world. Beautiful. Because I was a bit worried about Brett. Yes. Because I didn't know about that second show. What's going show. on? So it's, that's going to be on a Monday night. That's right. And then what, a time? Third what time Monday night? Doesn't say. Doesn't say uh, right 7.30. 7.30. 7.30. Sorry, but it'll be replayed. That's right. It'll be replayed all it'll the time. It'll be repl- replayed. So a that's third good. brand new show will premiere in October with details to be announced in the coming months. I'm right. not sure about that. Do you know anything about that one? Don't know anything Are you involved? <laughs> I would like to be involved, but no one's called. <laughs> right, eh? All right. Well, that's good. Yes. Maybe they'll... I, look, I know, I know the smaller tournaments in Australia are starting, and I'm just... Presuming that maybe mm. they're going to have a bit of a look at uh, some of the might. smaller events. Yes. You know, Vic PGAs, Vic Opens, New South Wales PGAs and Opens, Queensland PGA and Opens. Maybe they'll tie something together there. Yep. That could be good. That would be nice. That'd be a handy. More local golf. And plus, it gives the sponsors a little bit of something. Yes. You know? Well, if, if you've got a tournament. Well, it encourages them. Yes. Yeah, it does. It, well, it, it, at least it's not nothing. So, yep. so you know, if it's. Uh, um, if it's the NAB, I've got a NAB footy here. Yep. There's a Sharon right That's in front right. of me. Yep. So if it's, if it's the NAB Vic Open, or it, well, it is. It's the Oats Victorian Open. It is, so the yes. Oats Victorian Open gets gets what they get anyway for the tournament. Mm-hmm. But if there's a little golf show uh, on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or whenever yep. they're going to put it, and they're going to string it together, showcasing then local Oats, who have done us all a favour in the golf industry by looking after the Victorian Open, get a little bit back. Bingo, bango, or like, the, yeah, like it. Mercedes Benz for the Vic PGA, yes. Um, and all the other sponsors right around the country. Be good. Yeah, so I think Fuso these days. Fuso could be the new one coming up for the Vic PGA. Mm. Yeah, so watch Very out for that. Nice. So well played to Fox Sports for getting these. Good back. stuff. Good stuff. We like our golf shows. So yeah. now, now we just need to get something on free to wear, Marco. Well, there's enough channels. Yeah, there They'd is. Be looking, yeah, well, the, the, you know the deal is I've, I've been asked to do a number of them. Yeah. But uh, the, basically the, the networks will put it on, but it has to turn up all set to go. Yeah. So it's sponsored. Everything's got to be, be provided. ready Content's to go. Content's got to be provided for them. You've just got to basically hand over the tints. Yeah. Give them the reel. Multi-channel sort of stuff. <laughs> Give them the reel and they'll put it on. Yeah. So if you can come up with something, mm. there's an opportunity there. Absolutely. Without doubt. Well, I remember uh, Shura Taft. I think yeah. did a golf show for a while. Is that right? Well, it was similar to what Paul Gow's doing. I think he went and played rounds of golf with yeah. uh, celebrities and stuff. I know. Showcasing now, different courses. What I would like to do, or what, what I would like to see, I'll, put, I'll phrase it that way. What, what I'd like to see is... What they're showing on the PGA Tour. So the PGA Tour, um, let's say Scott Henn wins a tournament. Yep. Uh, and you just show, show a few of the really crucial shots that Scott Henn played to win the tournament. Yep. Then a bit like, uh, you know, you see the uh, the golf swing into the net type stuff. Okay, here's Scott Henn. Tell us why he won the tournament. Tell us about this shot that he yes. played. Tell us how to do it. Yep. And so you're not Perfect. only showing what's happening, but you're actually teaching as well. And sounds, people like to learn about golf. Sounds similar to some stuff we see on the Golf Channel market, which I would love to see replicated yeah. in Australia. Why yeah. wouldn't we just get that feed into Australia? Yeah. Anyway. The Golf Channel? Yeah. Yeah, the Golf Channel would be good. Mm. You and I should look into that at we some stage. <laughs> Morning Drive. <laughs> so they've got their own... For people who don't know, yeah. the Golf Channel is one of the most successful... Cable networks in America, yep. and they've got so successful. It's got its own 
morning program called yeah. Morning Drive. So you wake up at 6 o'clock, there's a, a three-hour golf show about yeah. what's happening in the world of golf. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's but that show, that show, if you're living in on the eastern states uh, in Australia, that would come on at around 9 o'clock. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Just check out what's happening in the world of golf. We're going to get to a break. Marco's Masterclass. You got something for us? Uh, always. Always. Coming up next, mate. That'll be up next. Easy to understand this one and will help everybody. This is the Clubhouse talking all things golf. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you. Back with the Masterclass next. Marco's Masterclass. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Time to get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen. And the Masterclass is brought to you by Bonville Golf Resort, Mark. And of course, we uh, crossed up there last Great week. Great restaurant as well. Australia's most beautiful golf course experience the majesty of bonville golf resort boutique group and mm. corporate golfing packages for an unforgettable escape book now 1300 722 i'm sure you can google bonville golf resort that's and the way all the details are there pack Australia's your shorts most beautiful golf course beautiful now i've been watching a little bit of golf lately and i've been seeing players with the big spikes and there's no need for the big spikes on your golf shoes mm-hmm. there is none unless you are a serial slipper now, this is a lesson for people whose feet move too much in the golf swing. It's not because your feet are moving too much. It's because you are jerking the club down too much from the top of your swing. If you want beautiful balance, do what some of the best players in the world have been preaching for a long, long time. Now, I'll take you back to Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas used to get to the top of his swing. One, he, one of his big things was to complete your backswing. So don't cut it short. Yeah. The other big thing for Jack was he used to feel like the club would just fall from the top of his backswing and into his downswing. It would just fall. There's no pulling. There's no jerking. There's no ripping with the hips, which causes your feet to move all over the joint. He would just feel like the club falls from the top. And so many players talk like this all the time. I actually saw something on Foxtel. Mark O'Meara does this little golf show that's mm-hmm. now up. Mark O'Meara, this is what got me going on this, is that he makes a golf swing, huge, big you know, shoulder turn, but his feeling from the top has always been that it's like an elevator just falling down, same as Jack. And he, I mean, you listen to so many of the best players in the world. They get to the top of their swing. They don't jerk it down. They just let the club fall down. And usually when you do that, the club's weight falls the same way every time. So you get a consistent start to your backswing. But the most important thing is you're not ripping at the ball with your hips and your body. And when you rip at the ball with your hips and your body, your arms end up way behind where Mm -hmm. they should be, way behind your body, and then it's disaster. So if your feet are slipping all the time, if you look down after a shot and your feet are all over the place, Mm -hmm. I almost guarantee it's because you are ripping the club down. You're pulling it too hard. So if you're one of those people, this time, get out in the golf course, make a backswing, and just let your club fall. Just chill out a bit. Just, yeah, just chill. Yep. It's a great tip. Just let it fall. Just relax at the top. Let the club fall. And then step on the gas. Yep. Once you're you know, kind of halfway down. Not crazy. Just a gradual step on the gas. A nice little fall and then a slow accelerate mm. into a period where then you have some sort of serious club head speed. Very nice. And you won't slip. And That's you it. won't need those big spikes. And, and if you don't need those big spikes, you will not need... <laughs> Yeah, you know, you might be one of these people responsible for ripping up the greens. Yeah, which we you hate around the oh, the big spikes. Oh, the hole. You know, oh. the, you know those big spikes no. I'm talking about. You know, the big black widow oh. type things. Yeah, they look like spiders. Yeah, and they, well, yeah, when they get those big, they press bad grass into mm. the greens and then power creeps. Yeah, you know, it's almost time. Well, I know it's time for metal spikes. There are still some players out there using metal spikes <laughs> on the PGA Tour. That's a disgrace. Yeah. The metal spikes should have been cleaned up a long time ago. But we're getting to a stage now where I think on local courses, uh, no, no more spikes at all. None. 
just it should just be a sole, a, a golf made sole because the technology is very good. I use the Adicross shoes. Right, they are sensational. Mm. The Adicross, they are just so good. Uh, the sole, it's kind of got a red sole. It's got these mini little spikes. One, I've never slipped in them ever, mm-hmm. and two, when you walk on the greens, even if the greens are a little bit damp, they don't make the big marks. Yeah, absolutely perfect. That's so I think we're want. getting to a. I think the technology is so to where soles of golf shoes don't need spikes. Yep. The technology's got it to where you don't slip either, and it's going to look after the greens, and you won't slip. So have a look, have a think about it. But if you're slipping, just let that club fall swing. from the top. It's all for Bonville Golf Resort, Australia's most beautiful golf course, Marco's Masterclass, each and every week. Hey, Marco, been a pleasure. We're out of time. Thank you for that. No worries, buddy. Let me know when you have your next three-putt. Yeah, I will. It'll probably be this week. I'll see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.